I think they might be done with prostitutes in Vegas, I think. I don't know, because I remember when I went there as a kid, my favorite part. I'd go there for like video game conventions for my dad. There was also a water park. Both of those were very rad, but the real exciting thing was those cards that dudes would hand out on the strip with naked women on them. They were prostitutes that you could buy for money. And I remember it was exciting because people would grab them, they'd litter them on the ground, they'd throw them on the ground. So when I'd see those guys, I'd always get really excited because I knew on the floor, on the ground, on the sidewalk, there was just going to be loads of litter of naked chicks, of prostitutes. Because people would just throw that shit on the ground. They get a picture of the prostitute, they take a look at the prostitute, see it's like she's not pretty enough cost too much money, or maybe there were, you know what's crazy, in the 90s, there probably weren't any boy prostitutes, you probably, those cars probably didn't have any, have any men on it, cause, more than likely, I feel like women don't really hire prostitutes, I don't know, for all I know, women could hire more prostitutes than men, I don't know, I could be wrong, but, I don't think I am wrong. And I don't think, I think in the 90s it didn't occur to anyone that men could have sex with other men or that they would want to do that because there was probably, you know what I mean? There weren't any, nobody's flipping cars with naked dudes on them, which is kind of, now if you if they had the cards, which they don't, I don't know where the cards went. I don't know if you have to get your prostitute on Airbnb or something, but there are no cards. There are no men handing out cards. Maybe they got in trouble for littering. That would make the most sense. You can't be out here littering the ground with cards of naked chicks. I don't know. But I don't I think there are there have to be there had to be like low-key male prostitutes, but you never saw any. Um oh, and I also remember a real exciting thing. So my dad did these like video game conventions you always go to these see what cool video games were there what new type of tekken or pro bass hunter or big buck hunter was out but there were also these countertop games so those when you go to a bar and there's like a little like video game that has like iphone games on it but there were no iphones so you had to go to a bar and play photo hunt or connect four or whatever it is you play on this coin operated game but they had sexy versions of every game so they had like sexy photo hunt. Maybe some chick with her tits out and you'd have to figure out like, is she missing a nipple? Is her, uh, is her belly button gone? Is she, is her like, you know, is she, her areola is slightly darker in this picture? And you'd pick that, you'd pick it out. And I remember, it's so funny when you're a kid cause you just, you have to do all these, you have to pretend you didn't want to see nudity while you're trying to see nudity. So I'd walk by those those video games. I'd be walking to Tekken back and forth, hoping to sneak uh, sneak in a view of a tit. And I, I would a lot of times. First breasts I ever saw were one of those games, looking over. And you know what's kind of funny? I, I remember thinking, how how similar male breasts were to female breasts because remember this i i literally didn't know that male and female nipples and the whole anatomy is basically the same it's basically the same just slightly different shape but i didn't think i had no idea like i had no idea what a woman's breast looks like but when i saw it was like some chick and she was wearing like a sweater and she was pulling up her sweater 
And I remember thinking like, oh, it's just kind of on a on most levels the same. It's the same as what I got going on. Um, it's still ruled, and I still tried to, you know, sneak more views. I also, this is so funny, I talk about this with all my friends. You go to Spencer's Gifts, or, yeah, Spencer's Gifts, or any, like, record store in a shopping mall, and in the back they had the posters, and there's always, like, Carmen Electra, Pamela Anderson, and, like, some bikini with her tits smashed together. And you'd go back there, and you'd be flipping through, and be like, oh... Red Hot Chili Peppers poster, Godsmack poster, Aerosmith poster, and you knew, you had your like, I'm just looking at posters. I'm just looking at posters of bands that I like. Oh, oh, Carmen Electra with her tits out. And you're like, oh, I didn't mean to, oh, that's, I had, you had, I was so righteous. I was such a righteous little boy. I had to be like, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe. There's a naked woman poster that someone would buy that. And then I'd be flipping them. I'm just trying to look at Kermit the Frog in a Santa costume. And I'm poor little boy. But then inevitably, I'd be like, well, I want to go back and see that Aerosmith poster on the other side. So I'd flip through and, oh, Carmen Electra, Pamela Anderson making out again. Oh, no. How could I don't want to see that? How could I? My my eyes. It's so funny. I was just so dishonest with myself because I had to pretend that that didn't rule. That was the weird thing about most of my childhood was just denying the fact that all I ever wanted to do was sin. Or that's, uh, that's how it felt. And then, because that was the thing when you're a kid, everyone tells you don't sin, don't do that, don't do it. And you already want to sin, because, like, sinning rules. And you don't know why you shouldn't be sinning. You don't know why, because you look at it and you're like, well, let's just talk, let's say sin is just women's boobs, just looking at women's boobs. All you want to do is look at women's boobs, and people are like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't look at that. That's no good. That's the one thing you're not supposed to do. It becomes the only thing you wanted to do. And I'm not exaggerating. You wanted to like play in ball pits, play some video games, you know, eat pizza and see some boobs. That was it. So it was like, okay, you can you can play in ball pits. You can eat pizza. You can play tag. You can play laser tag, but you can't look up boobs. So once you've done all those, you're like, I just want to see some boobs. No one ever told you why you shouldn't. That was mainly that's mainly my gripe with growing up was no one told me why you know i mean everyone had pure intention but no one ever told me why no one ever gave me a real answer real answer why um and i think that's the that's the real because even if you want to grow up religious even if you want to raise your children religious just so they have some structure um, I don't think like the Ten Commandments, I don't think the Bible's great because it really doesn't teach you why. Because all you really have to say to a kid is because God said so. Because then I'm not being anti-religious. I think religion's good. I, I wish I still stayed with it. I wish I had some sort of moral compass because now I'm floating around the world. Floating around, you know, whatever, life sinning and bumping into walls. When I see people with like a moral code to live by, I get jealous. But I think growing up, I just didn't know why, you know, because it was just like, well, it's in the Bible. 
it's in the Bible. You believe in the Bible. And of course, I was like, yes, I believe in the Bible. Because if I didn't believe in the Bible, I'd go to hell. So they said, well, it's in the Bible, so just do it. Like, Fair enough, you know. So then you get older and you're like, you don't live in a house with your parents. And then you're like, you know, I could sin and nobody would find out. That's what, that's what it is. And then you do. And then within moments after you do all these fun sins you've been dying to do, you realize that's why you don't. That's why it's complicated. So I just wish someone would have told me why. Not that it matters. I didn't, like, screw up my life. I don't have AIDS. I don't have a DUI. Not that that's the end of your life, but these are big things that kind of affect your life forever. I don't have either. And I'm grateful, but I could have easily had it just because I didn't know the consequences of my actions. Maybe. I don't know. But I do, yeah... I don't miss I don't miss childhood at all. I always felt powerless. I just felt powerless all the time in childhood. You know, some, I was thinking about this. You know how sometimes you have in life, you're like, man, if I only would have gone this direction, if I would have chosen this, if I would have gone this way, if I could go back and do it again. I think about that and I think, what if I had to go back six years? If I had the opportunity to go back six years and do things differently, there are things I wish I would have done differently, but I don't want to go back and relive the last six years of my life. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone, but I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to go and be like, I'm back now, I have all the memories that now don't exist because I've gone back in time to relive this and fix my mistakes. I'd be so bored of the next six years. You know, I wouldn't want to do that because you think, well, I get to live more of my life and have a longer life, I'd be wiser. And um, I'd be in a different spot. When I think about that, I'm like, no, I wouldn't want to go back. I'd be so bored. You think, well, you could even be rich. You could pick the winning lottery tickets. And, you know, you could get it. You could whatever. There's an infinite amount of ways you could be rich. You could fix your mistakes. You could correct yourself. But I look back on that. I'd be bored. I'd be so bored. You would be bored. You'd be bored for the next six years. And that's why I think... The most important thing of life is not being bored because you think, oh, it's money. It's like, it's money, it's family, it's love, it's good behavior, mental wellness, physical wellness. These are all the keys to happiness. I don't believe that. I think, I think really the keys, I think it's just you, you avoid being bored. Stay excited. Pick something that's exciting you. I think, oh my God, I realized in my in my life what was causing me, I hate this word. I hate it because everyone that has anxiety treats it like it's some affliction when it's just life, you know? So what was giving me anxiety was trying to stay bored. It was financial security. Financial security if you pursue that, you'll never have enough financial security. There's no amount of money that you can have. There's no amount of stability you can have that will make you make your anxiety go away. It's never going to happen. There's no way. You think, oh, if I achieve, if I get a million dollars in the bank, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to not have to worry. I'm not going to have to worry about money anymore. It's not true. You could 
get in an accident, could drain your bank account. There's all sorts of things that could happen. You could get grifted. You could get all your money taken out of your bank account by some crypto hacker. I saw a thing on Vice. It happened. You're never secure. So if you're trying to chase a certain amount of wealth that will make you feel no anxiety because you have financial security, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Ultimately, what you need to do is remember what's going to give you security, what gives me. I'm preachy. So preachy. What gives me security is remembering how broke I've been and how I'm where I am now. I've been broke, so there's no need to be scared of being broke. There's no need to be afraid of being broke. I've been fired. I've been broken up with. I've disappointed family. I've been disappointed by friends. I've experienced it all, you know? I've or, you know, for the most part, I, all the things that I worry about, I've experienced, you know? All the bad things that people could do to me, all the things that are outside of my control, I've experienced them, and I'm still fine. So I think you get relief from fighting your future and fighting things that could potentially go wrong by realizing things do go wrong, and they will go wrong, but you've been in those situations before. You've overcome them before, so why would you not be able to overcome them again? So trying to achieve some th something or ensure that something's never going to go, make sure that no one cheats on you, that no one steals your money, that every that every business transaction is, you know, not going to leave you high and dry. I'm trying to think of another example. Thing that could happen, um, losing your job, that if you lose your job, anything, anything, that you might be worried about the outcome, maybe a sickness or an illness. You've you've been there, you know, and you've overcome it. So rather than think that there's something outside of you that's going to alleviate you of this anxiety, just remember nothing will but the confidence that you can move past whatever life throws at you. Um, that's what I think. I'm trying to think what specifically. No, for me, it was definitely money. It was definitely money. I was, I, I fa people fantasize about, oh, if I become, everyone wants to talk about passive income all the time. They're like, I'm trying to get passive income so I can really start living my life. So I can, you know, start traveling the world and, you know, surfing every day and write a book and do all whatever, whatever they want to do. The reality is, do that now. Why wouldn't you just do that now? Why wouldn't you just work that in your life? Having a job doesn't change anything. Having a job doesn't, you know, yeah, you have whatever, 40 hours, figure it out. Spend less time at work. Figure out, go work 30 hours and figure out a smaller version of your life, you know? But everyone thinks, oh, I need to have entirely... I need to be detached from everything and all responsibilities to start enjoying my life, which isn't true. And that's kind of what I realized. Everyone was like, oh man, you get this passive income, you can start really making your time for yourself. I'm like, even if I had the time, would I use it that way? If you want to do something, figure out a way to do it. You don't need to, you don't need to be somehow making some weird dividend on a stock or something that makes it so you don't have to work a day job to start living your life and start enjoying it because... I would do that. I would fantasize. Like I had cryptocurrency and it would go up and down 
And I remember telling people, I was like, oh, I'll take it out when it's a life-changing amount of money. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, I don't want to change my life. My life, I like my life. I enjoy it. I really do. So why am I waiting on this life-changing amount of money? So I took it out. I took it out. I have a little bit of, you know, a little bit, paid a little bit off my mortgage, and that was nice. Now I don't have these fantasies of what life's going to be like if I'm some sort of trillionaire. I don't want to be a trillionaire. I actually like this now. And if I'm not happy with what I have now, I'm not going to be happy with a trillion dollars. I really believe that. Because me would have looked at my life six years ago and said, there's no way you could possibly be discontent with what you have going on right now. And I was, and I was. So there's a past Joe that would look at me and be like, what the hell is the matter with you? You have this, you have this much free time, and you're not doing this? Well, then you'll never do this, because I was the previous version of you, and I said that's all I needed to be content, and you're not. So that helped me. That helped me a lot. I don't, yeah. Peace is like, I don't know. I think everything, if, unless there's some sort of physical ailment that's making your body hurt, your emotions are the, just the physical manifestation of your thoughts. Maybe. Or if that makes sense. If you're heartbroken, you really feel it in your heart. If you're anxious, you feel it up in your shoulders. If you're mad, you feel it like you your blood boils. So if nothing's like physically imposing you right at that moment, it's all happening in your brain. It's you, it's your brain deciding time to turn up the temperature on the blood, time to make the heart hurt, time to make the shoulders, you know, I mean, it is. Think about when you get anxious, think about your physical response to that. So if you can control that, which you can, it's your brain. It's you, it's your brain, it's your brain doing everything. Uh, and if people, you know, whatever, if someone does watch this and they say, well, no, I don't have control of that. I have a disorder, I'm not in control of my brain. I am a slave to my emotions. That's too bad. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what that's like. But if you feel like you do have control, of your brain. You do have control of your body. I don't know. Maybe you're not a slave to it. Maybe it's all within your realm of control. I don't know. I try to tell myself that anytime anytime I'm feeling some sort of negative emotion, I just try to say, what if you just didn't feel this? What if you just chose not to, you know? Um, I don't know. That's something I've been thinking about. Talking is exhausting. Just speaking. Speaking words is tiresome. And it's hot in here. It's super hot. I've been uh, doing... I've been DIY yard work. You know, honestly, I was so... I was so downtrodden from calling different gardeners who would not come to my home to do a landscaping job that I just decided to do it myself and I just went ham at Home Depot. Once I went full full dad. I'm gonna lose my battery at some point. Um, I should just stop and start.
yeah. But I went like full dad, full dad at Home Depot. I never, it's funny when you start to understand other people and their motivations for why they do things like dads going to Home Depot or mowing their lawn and looking at their lawn and just gazing at their majestic lawn, at the thing that they've created and how well maintained it is. Something to get obsessed over, which is nice, which is good, can ruin your life. But once I started buying Home Depot stuff, I was on the, I was on the tip of like, buy the least amount of stuff possible, right? Like, don't buy that, buy the cheap thing, save money, buy only what you need, okay? I was on that for so long. And then I think you reach a breaking point, you reach a, not a tipping point where you decide, Oh no, I'm a, I'm doing, I'm a lawn guy. I'm doing all my own yard work and I'm buying everything. I'm gonna have everything. You start looking at your garage. I bought a garage organizer. I've got hanging things to put my hose on, my shovels, my weed whacker, everything. It looks good. I have a rack for my surfboards. When I looked in my garage, I had a moment. I have like a bunch of sweatshirts and hoodies and stuff that I never sold on like a business adventure, business adventure that I'd done a long time ago and it's all sitting on a rack and it looks really nice. So I saw my garage and what I'd created and I, I was proud. I was like, it was one of those things where if I would have seen someone that was very proud of the garage and how well organized it was five years ago, I would have said, what a lame guy, what a lame person to be proud of that. Ugh, I was such a miserable person. But now I look at my garage and I'm like, I send pictures to people who don't give a shit. I send pictures in my garage and, and they'll do, you know when someone really doesn't care? When they pretend to care. If someone does, if someone says, stop sending me pictures of garage, I don't give a shit. They do. They're jealous. But when someone, when you send pictures to your garage and people are like, oh wow, looking good, that's really cool, I like that. That's them not really caring. That's them not caring, but trying to give you what they think you want. And it's adorable, but when you read it, you're like, oh, I'm sending pictures of my garage to people who have no interest in my garage. But um, I started doing the front lawn and it is, it is, I really didn't know what I was doing. I had, I was like, I was tilling, I was tilling it with a hoe. First a shovel, someone comes over and says, hey, you gotta like moisten the land before you start hoeing, before you start tilling. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I, you know, I was using a shovel. Someone comes over and is like, you need a hoe. You need a hoe, you can't be doing this with a shovel. And I'm like, great, thank you so much. And this is, you know, the, testosterone in me, part of my reaction is like, don't tell me what to do. Get you get the fuck out of here. But then ultimately these people were just trying to help and they did help me. So I bought I bought this giant tiller. Basically just fucks up the ground is what it does. It just goes in, spins and destroys the ground. Um turns up all the grass. So I'm at the point now where I'm like I'm raking up the grass and I I'm I don't know how to separate the dirt from the grass. I don't know how to do this. So I'm just low in the green in the green trash can. I'm just putting dirt. Yesterday I'm just putting dirt, loads of dirt in this trash can. And I'm thinking I can't separate I can't separate the dirt from the grass. I can't. I can't just put grass in here. It's going to be dirt and grass. So it's full of dirt. And I'm like pushing it and I'm like this thing is so heavy. 
Alright? This thing is so heavy. So, the, the people came today, the trash collectors. So, I'm thinking, I don't even know if the... The Jaws of Life thing is going to be able to pick it up. Showing up this morning, I heard it coming, and I was—I thought this is going to be great. If it tips, if it, if they try to pick it up and it drops, dirt everywhere, and they ain't cleaning it up. So I was so nervous. So they come through. I hear them. I'm like here it goes. It goes and it grabs it, dumps it right in the back. No problem whatsoever. I was so impressed. So that dirt's not. I still have so much more grass. I can't, I don't know, it's something you get excited about using your tools and then after a while you you just, you just get so tired. I don't, like, I feel strong, like I work out, I exercise, I mean I work out, exercise, same thing, I work out all the time, I eat healthy, but if I do like 15 minutes of yard work, I'm exhausted, I have blisters on my hands, I'm covered in dirt, I'm just not cut out, I'm just, I'm not cut out for an honest day's work. I've always been lazy. I've always been lazy as a kid. You can ask my parents. I was, I was always, I think this is actually kind of a useful skill, but I was always, I was crafty at coming up of ways to get out of work. And this is so terrible to say, but I really did. I came up with a solution that if you do a bad job at something, no one will ask you to do it again. And it wasn't like I heard that and I just implemented it. I just figured it out on my own. That if you just weren't good at cleaning things, people wouldn't ask you to clean them. I don't know. I guess apparently I said I was good at saving money. I was good at saving money and apparently I said I don't like to work so I save money so I have money and I don't have to work for money. That's what I said. I said that to my parents. I said that. Like, I'd save my money for my birthdays, and they'd say, what are you going to buy? I'm like, I'm not going to buy anything. Because uh, if I buy it, I'm going to spend it, and then I won't have it, and I'm going to have to work for it. And I'm, I'm not big work. I think I probably said, I'm not a big worker. Which is so funny. I was so lazy. Yeah. But getting getting obsessed, I think you got to get excited about stuff. And I got excited about Home Depot. I got excited about succulents. I got excited about planting my own arugula. That was exciting me. That was making me... It's Well, I mean, I feel like in your 20s, like, women in relationships if, or dudes, if you're a woman or a gay guy, that's what gets you excited romance and like sex and all you know i mean i feel like that's primarily what's exciting to most people i think i mean other stuff is too but i think you get excited about that now that i'm in my 30s i'm like dude i just want a cool i just want some nice cactuses in my front lawn i i i have like wet dreams about rock like a rock garden with some big um, what are they called? Agave plants coming out of it, you know? I have this vision of a wide-angle shot of my house with these big agave plants coming out the top. And I... That, to me, that's what turns me on. That's what gets me horny now. Which I like better. I like better because it doesn't involve other people. 
if I um can't break a agave plant's heart, you know. Um, what else am I excited? About? Oh yeah, I mean even the even the um even the skateboarding around. Actually, that's not true. I feel like you know what I was like at my most pure. I was at my most pure when I was in high school because I wasn't like getting pussy or anything. I had a pretty. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't getting pussy. I was like. I mean, I was like Christian kid, but I played a lot of guitar. I feel like I wasn't very distracted by sin when I was that age. So I played a lot of guitar and like playing guitar and fantasizing about being in a band and even starting a band, that was exciting. So it's funny when I got older, when I got into my 20s and I started like actually dating and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think you, I mean, I th I was definitely, like, unrelatable until I started. Until, honestly, until I, like, lost my virginity and I started developing romantic relationships, with which went hand-in-hand hand together, both simultaneously. Couldn't have one without the other, so that's why I bring it up. Not that sex is relationships, but I started dating at the same time I started having sex. And I think it was important for me. Um, honestly, just to become relatable as a person, just to become a human being, be able just to be able to talk to people and have a conversation and relate to people about their past romantic relationships or sexual experiences, because I couldn't, I couldn't. And so that being said, I think you do, it was important for me to just not be a nerd and uh, start experiencing life in that way. But... I think it's a balance because I think part of you needs to be obsessed with something outside of other people like a excuse me playing guitar or a, a sick lawn I think that's what I think that's what I think that's what I'm trying that's what I'm going with now and I'm trying honestly I'm just being so hermited and I'm I'm really trying to get back to that self because it is exciting it's when I'm, I'm finding i guess that self-worth and being good at guitar as simple as that sounds you're like man you can't you can't really fulfill yourself by learning how to play a dance gavin dance song on guitar and i i, I do i do because you can't take that away from me unless you like cut off my fingers or something <clears throat> improving in that way um has been good and it made me makes me feel good. I just want to be a, I just want to be like a dweeb again. I just want to be a nerd, a hermit, a person. Yeah, because it also I don't know. I feel like it affects your ego too. If you can have a sick lawn and you're really good at guitar, if you can play Red Hot Chili Peppers under the bridge the whole way through and sing along to it and kind of add your own sauce to it, I don't think anyone's gonna really. I think your self-worth is there. I don't think any job, anything you get fired from, any sort of community you're part of that makes you feel like bad, you know, if you're like not funny and you're in an improv class, you're still gonna feel good because you know. They don't know I can play under, under the bridge in my own way. I actually have my own style that I play under the bridge, so it sounds a little different. Um, I add my own little sauce to it. It's like wearing sexy underwear. It's like wearing sexy underwear. It's like... No one's gonna see this underwear. I ain't getting. I ain't getting laid. I don't got a date tonight. But 
I walk around with the confidence of Victoria's Secret or Calvin Klein. You know, because that's what I think it is. People say, why do you buy expensive underwear? You're uh, you're an incel. Why are you doing that? It's for you. It's for nobody else. I really think that's true. I think that's... Uh, I think the happiest people buy expensive underwear and then don't try to have sex with people. I think. I don't know. This is such... This is so long and it's so personal. I don't know if I'm going to release it, but why, why would I not? I don't think I've said anything racist or misogynist. That's the only thing I would try to catch myself from not saying, you know? And I'm not, I would never say that. I trust myself that I'm a good person and that I live by my own ethical code that is, you know, with love and doesn't have hate, so why would I ever think that I would say something like that? I guess I used to be afraid that people would accuse me of being hateful, um, but now I don't care, because I know I'm not. What am I talking about? So people tell you it's not hot in California. It's hot in California. People say, oh, the climate's great. It never gets too hot. Like, mm, it gets a little hot. It gets a little hot here. A little bit. So I'm in this room. I'm in my office. I got an office. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm bragging right now. I got an office. Like, I sometimes when I have people over, I'll just kind of... Because you need to see all the rooms. It's a tiny little house, but I'll walk by the office. And uh, so people... So I make people... I make people ask, well, what's in there? And I'm like, oh, it's just my office. People are like, oh, can I see it? I'm like... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll show you, but it's not. It's just my office. If you just downplay, you just downplay the shit out of it. Like, oh, I guess you want to see the office? You want to see? I mean, it's just, you know, where I get all my work done, all my, like, creative, brilliant work. But, I mean, I guess I'll show you. Just downplay the hell out of it and show people your office, which you've definitely, you know, have a bass guitar there and I have a piano here. Never played the piano, but people probably think I do. It's really... I, I was gonna play it, but I, what are you gonna, you can't play, like, I can't be, like, playing bass guitar, regular guitar, and piano, and work a job all at the same time, you know? But it's nice to know it's there. It really is. Uh, but then also people come over and they're like, oh my god, you play piano, it's bass, and, you know, they think you're really, really doing it big, like, you're full-on jam band, doing a, you know, what's a ba what's a band with a piano in it? Oh, the fray. That's my example of a rock band with a piano in it. I don't even know. I mean, the fray, I don't even know if they're a band. They're a band that I was really obsessed with when I was in high school, and now I go back in it, and I'm, you, some bands age well. Some bands age so poorly, like emo bands, that they do age well, that they represent in the moment in time. The fray was like, it's something I go back to, and I, I think there's no way... I, I mean, I emotionally connected with it at the time, but it's something now that I don't want to go back and emotionally connect with that part of myself that really enjoyed it. No disrespect to them, they're a good band, but um, I don't want to see that junior high, not junior high school, but junior in high school version of me ever again. He's, he's, uh, 
dead. I don't know. Um, it's hot in here. I think the fun thing is I can edit this. I can just wrap it. I can do whatever I want. Um, I think that's all I've really done lately. So I think we're, I think we're good.